Welcome to this week's episode of Coffee with Braz, where I get to speak to some of the best female athletes Australia has. This week, we'll be speaking to one of my Collingwood teammates, Melissa Bragg. Meet my wing woman on court and in the gym. Mel is that athlete you know always wants to be the best at whatever we are doing. She is tough, she is strong, and she is ultra competitive. And that's why I always try and partner with her. She keeps me honest. She makes me work hard and she keeps me young. Get ready to meet this superstar. Welcome, Mel, on Coffee with Braz. Thank you for joining me on uh, this week's episode. Thanks for having me. Firstly, what's your coffee order? <laughs> um, it's a little bit interesting today. I've got a long black. I love that you say <laughs> a long black's interesting because I feel like that is the least interesting coffee order I've ever heard. Why <laughs> are we not having milk in it? Um... Because at the moment I'm on a bit of a interesting diet I have to follow, so I can't have normal milk, and we didn't have other milk in the fridge, so it's a it's a long it's a long black. So so you're on the low FODMAP diet. Yeah. Why are you on that? Because I know you're like me. We we're happy to go have a burger, go have some chips, <laughs> yeah. have pizza, like just real life food. But currently, you're just really on omelets and stuff like that. Why, yeah. Why? <laughs> so. I am a massive eater, you know that. I'm down for chocolate or anything that's probably not the best for me. Um, but yeah, no, I haven't been very well lately. So just um, trying to get on top of what food I can and can't eat. I've definitely got some intolerances and just trying to figure it out so I can make sure that I'm training and playing well and not getting sick in the meantime. Yeah, and this is something I find interesting that there's like things like onions and garlic and like things that you'd put in everything you actually can't eat at the moment. Yeah. When can you slowly introduce that again? Yeah, so I'm starting to introduce stuff this week. So today I actually get to try avocado for the first time. Which so you is, can't even have avocado? Nah, literally like can't have anything. No onion, no garlic, very minimal fruit and veg, no lactose, no gluten, no wheat, nothing. So it's very um, restrictive at the moment. But yes, I get 40 grams of avocado today. <laughs> so it's about Stop as it. exciting as my life's getting at the moment. <laughs> And like interesting because as an athlete, you need to eat. Yeah. And you're talking about all those things. I feel like there's nothing you can eat. Like you, um, I'm just thinking if I was on something like that, I would really struggle to get energy to do the training that we're doing currently. Yeah. Are you, have you found that you've had to, I guess, one, try and eat as much as you can in other foods, but have you found your energy levels dip or anything like that? Um, look, at the start, it was definitely an adjustment, like <laughs> trying to just literally cut out so much food that I'm used to having. Um, potato, I can have unlimited amount. So oh. <laughs> you'll love lots that. Of chips, lots, of chips. <laughs> lots of mashed potato, lots of roast potato, lots of chips, get my energy up. But um, How many potatoes are you eating a day? Too many. <laughs> What's the most you've had in one day? Oh, like 10, like Solid. nearly every day. So it's <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> but um no <laughs> we're obviously doing a lot of training as well so i need need some energy get them from potatoes potato even with some toast i love it Just <laughs> potatoes all day every day <laughs> well it's good that you can start i guess eating yeah. avocados but uh, for me do you get to choose that avocado like that that's what you want to introduce or have you been told like this is what you have to do because yeah. if it was me i'd be like garlic and onion straight away yeah nah so the the ones that are meant to be less likely to stir you up you start or you start to introduce first and then you cut them back out and you slowly introduce. So onion and garlic, which I really wanted to introduce first because they're in everything. Yeah. Um, that's like later down the track. So probably another 
six or seven weeks away. Yeah, well, I'm sorry that you are doing that at the moment. It sounds <laughs> terrible, but I guess you need to do it just so yeah. you can live. But it's terrible. Like we went away, obviously, to Tassie on the weekend and we went to a pizza and pasta place and the girls all had these like awesome bowls of pasta, like sauce, everything, and I had grilled chicken <laughs> with some beans. <laughs> Heartbreaking. It was cuttering. I was shattered. Do you, I would just be so upset. I, like I and credit to you, you've stayed with it. Like yeah. it's been weeks, hasn't it? Months. Yeah, it's that been you've done it for. what? It'd been nearly two months. Yeah. Yeah. I reckon I would last a day yeah. and forget. It was. It's hard. The fact it's that you hard. can't even have milk. Yeah. Blows me away. <laughs> yeah. But I guess you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. All right. So moving on to you being a young kid. You started playing tennis at five. So yeah. not net set go. Tennis was your go-to. No. Yeah. Why tennis? That's what mum put me in. I think that um, I was the eldest, so mum just wanted to get us involved in sport. You Make know, more money. As as Smart mum. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so tennis was just like an easy one to get to. Um, I know obviously fitted in with our family, but yeah, just no real decision for me. Mum just, I just played tennis. Yeah, <laughs> and loved it? Yeah, really enjoyed it. So I played up until I was about... 14 odd um and then sort of netball took over um competitive tennis um yeah reasonably so mum was always gutted when I quit tennis because she thought I was at that stage I'd only just sort of started playing netball as well so I was a much better tennis player than I was netball and mum's like you could make money playing tennis you could travel the world um so she was gutted when I quit playing tennis but um yeah netball just took over yeah, and netball took over. I asked you before when you started playing netball. You started playing netball at 12. Yeah. Which for me blew me away because I started playing netball at five. Like netball yeah. was my thing. And uh, I guess when you start playing netball at 12, like rep netball's already started. You're trying to get into like your, your regional yeah. rep teams and all that. So how did you join? Was it because of friends? Was it because of school? Um, I did play a little bit at school, like when I was younger, but not sort of proper netball. It was yeah. just sort of like for fun, into school sports, stuff like that. Um, but I was playing basketball and my sister played netball and her her netball coach saw me and she was sort of like, and he was like, you need to come and play netball, like come and play, come down for a run and sort of never turned back from that. Yeah. Who'd you play for? Uh, I played for a team called Lightning in Werribee. Um, so just a local organisation down there, local club. Um, yeah, and played for them for a couple of years until I sort of started making my way through the pathway, but never really, never played any rep stuff. Like, you know, everyone's like, oh, under 12 rep team. Like I never did any of that. Um, yeah. Didn't even know that it was a thing. So, yeah. you know, it's not the end of the world. <laughs> yeah. Oh, definitely not. Look at you now. <laughs> like, I think that's the cool thing about being an athlete is everyone's got their own journey yeah. and you... Like, it's very rare that you have an athlete go from the start of, like, you talked about pathways mm. and absolutely, like, tick everything off. Like, yeah. and there's probably, like, one or two probably in our league that have done that. Like, yeah. it just doesn't happen, um, which I think that's why you get to the top because if you love it that much, you stay in it. Yeah. But you talk about the Victorian pathway. Yeah. I'm from New South Wales, so I know the New South Wales pathway pretty well. Yeah. Was in WA for six years, got to understand that. But Victorian Pathways, I guess, being at Collingwood and we're not linked with Netball Victoria, mm-hmm. I have not seen the pathway for Netball Vic. Like, what what did you have to go to get into, like, statesides? Did you have to play for academies? You obviously didn't play rep. Yeah. So how did you how did you get here? Yeah, so my pathway, I 
whenever I talk about it, I say it's a roller coaster. It yeah. definitely wasn't like that ticking the box and going through and making sides and you just kept going. I definitely was up and down through my netball journey. Um, but yeah, so started playing up in Melbourne um, in the Premier League on the Tuesday night with a team in Caroline, from Caroline Springs and St Albans. Yeah, and Premier League, is that a state league or is that under mm, state league? No, nah, that's under state league. So yeah. it's like a domestic comp, but quite like quite a solid domestic comp um and i'm not 100 percent sure how it works but i'm pretty sure that like the coaches for there can sort of nominate players to get um sort of go through the zone academy process which is sort of like an underage academy where you train and and end up doing it into academy tournament against all the other academies in victoria and how often like would you train or maybe once or twice a month so not very often but um you know a couple of three or four hour sessions like a couple of big sessions um and and how old are you there i would have been 15 yeah 15 16 so that um that process the zone academy back then um was the pathway sort of into the under 17 state team so you do the inter-academy weekend and the state selectors were there and they'd sort of pick out players that they thought obviously showed potential and, you know, could have been part of that 17-state side. So that was sort of the process for me. Yep. Um, didn't didn't play on the under-17-state sides or anything like that. Um, so and why is that? You, you trialled, didn't make it or...? Yeah, so did the inter-academy but didn't get sort of TID'd. Um, yep. So didn't get identified as a player. So if you get TID'd, do you then go into like another camp kind of thing where it's a trial yeah it's like the trial so they yeah. go through and they pick a squad and then they train together yeah. and then sort of they pick the team from there which is so interesting because like this is, i guess where victoria and new south wales are so different you just rock up for trial day yeah like, if you want to make under 17 state sides yeah you just rock up you're there like i remember our first 17s trial i'm the same as you i didn't play under 17s the first year and like there were 300 people yeah trialing. Like and it was <laughs> crazy. crazy, but like it was brutal as well. Like yeah. the first, in the first couple hours, like a hundred people cut. Yeah, and then it's like that's crazy. Just, yeah, so they cut them there. Yeah, yeah, because it's like oh, there's it's. I think that I'm just thinking now as a selector. I think it would be pretty easy to cut the first slot. Yeah, it's like there's that many people there. Like I remember going there, and I'm from a little country town, and I had my little apricot skirt, you know, the old school ones that had like the zip and the And you like, pin your badge on yeah. if you win a like, yeah. grand if final. Win, yeah, yeah, so <laughs> I had like the old school look. I had a singlet top with the collar, yeah, like which is white with apricot. Um, go Wall and Dilly, killing it. Um, but then oh, we rock up and I've never done anything like this before and everyone is in like full lycra bodysuits, you know, like and yeah. I'm like – I reckon I would have walked in. I'm surprised I didn't get cut the first round just by what I was wearing. <laughs> but you had some people who had like the like and one basketball shorts past their knees. Yeah. Like you could just tell like who was there to be serious. And it was – which is so bad that it's all about a look. But yeah. I reckon when I was going through it, like I remember like and Rob Wright and I joke about it, but I actually think he was serious. Like I didn't make rep teams because I used to wear a headband and he didn't like plays with headbands. Yeah. And I still to this day, I, I think he thinks he's joking, but I'm like, he's not joking. Like yeah. I actually think that's the reason why. Like, but it's interesting, Victoria, you've got to actually make the academy first to – Yeah. So, which is cool, but at the same time, you're cutting out so many opportunities for all these other kids as well. Yeah, I think they changed it this year with COVID. Yeah. Um, obviously, they didn't have any training sessions or a tournament. So, did they? yeah, no, nah, Cairns Nationals, yeah. all that stuff. So they um, 
allowed players to sort of like send in expressions of interest as well. But yeah. I do agree. I think that so much of it is you have to, as an athlete in general, mm. not just in netball, but you you have to fit this box and you yeah. have to be, you have to look the part and be the part and mm. you know me. Like I, <laughs> I'm a little bit of a character and probably... Oh, both of us. We <laughs> don't fit that box and I don't <laughs> want to fit the box. Um, yeah, so maybe that's why my pathway's been a little bit up and down as well, but... Oh, and you peak at different times as well. Like I think there's players um, that went through all of ours and made every single one and never got to play at this level. Yeah. So it's you definitely peak and all that. Yeah. But another thing that I find interesting that you just find that rough diamond. Like so many players come in and want a trial you've never seen before. Yeah. And they could just be so good. A freak. Yeah. But you miss out on that. So it's it's interesting and from state to state that it's yeah. different. So you didn't play seventeens. No. Nah. So there's for people that are listening and don't know, you normally get two years at nationals in a different age group. So you've got the underage 17s, your top age 17. So same team, but you just feel like you're one or the other. And then you go into 19s, two years there, and then 21s, two years. So did you make 19s? So made 19s as a top age athlete. So so one year in there? One Only one year in 19s. And that was my first nationals and I was yeah. just stoked to be there. Yeah. Um, if you go back and have a look um, at the team, it's a pretty star-studded team. There was, so who'd you have? Um, we had M Mannix. Yep. There was... So got a, a Diamonds player already. Diamonds player. Yeah. Um, got you. Yeah, that's not the star-studded part. Yes, it Molly is. Molly Jovic's in there. Yeah, so um, another Collingwood player. There was Maggie Lynn, so another yep. training partner. Training partner for Collingwood. Uh, oh, and you're testing me now that I've said that. Maybe Joe Weston was in there. Sure, yeah. she might have been in 21s, but yeah. um, th- there's definitely some Liz Watson. Yeah. Um, yeah so Diamond's captain. Yeah, yeah, so there's lots of um, star-studded players. Chloe Watson, who's obviously had yeah, a couple who was of a Vixens player. children yeah. now as well. So, um, yeah, just a couple of really <laughs> talented players. So I was just happy that I was there. Yeah. How'd um, you go? Did you win? No, we didn't. So that was New like... New South Wales? I reckon it was South Australia. Um, Yeah, so that was like the first year that they'd lost. So I sort of went in there. I was like, oh, I'm the reason that they lost. (laughs) Like they had not lost to Nationals, that age group, the whole way through. Um, All in 17s or 19s. And then they lost. And I was like, it's my fault. Oh, my God, Mel. You're (laughs) so terrible. You're so hard on yourself. That's ridiculous. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, then played two years in 21s as well. So both um, both years in 21s. Yeah. um, Which, again, I was just absolutely stoked. Um, to be a part of that, which yeah. 21s isn't even a thing anymore. So they got rid of it. Isn't it? No, they got rid of it. So um, oh. maybe the year or two after my last one. So yeah. just, yeah, happy to be able to do that. It's which is interesting they've gotten rid of Like this is bad on my behalf. I didn't know they got rid of it. It's terrible. But like now being in SSN player, like I'm a, I got picked up when I was 18, mm-hmm. but now you get picked up when you're in your 20s. Yeah. Like there's only 10 spots um, in each team, there's only eight teams in the league, so 80 spots. Yeah, and then you've got what 25 internationals. There's literally under 60 Australian spots available. Yeah, so you're not getting picked up until you're in your 20s. The fact we don't have a 21s blows my mind. Yeah, I think I'm not 100 percent sure why, but I yeah. think they started to use Probably ANL. The yeah, yeah, ANL and the state leagues. Yeah, um, sort of within the different states, but yeah, yeah and I was lucky to get that opportunity because yeah they got rid of it not long after my last one yeah I love 21s that yeah, was like my favorite year um 21s though you talk about Richo being your coach so she's now our Collingwood yeah. head coach how was that like I guess for you 
did you, did you rate her back then? Now you've got to you've got to say you love her. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> I changed don't have much? a choice. Um, I actually going back before then when I was in Zone Academy, Richo was my coach. So I've known Richo for a long time. Um, yeah, no, great experience. We had a very intense nationals that year. It was my last one. Um, and we won the semi-final to get into the grand final in overtime. So it was super intense and, yeah, ended up losing the grand final by one or two. Yeah. South Australia again. Yeah. Um, but, no, it was, a, it was a, like, crazy when you think now that Richo's my coach again. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, she was, she was great. Yeah, she's unreal. She's one of the best coaches I've ever had, especially defensively. I'd say she's the best coach I've had. She's, I think having a coach that has played for Australia and played at such a high level and, you know, she's talking not just as a coach but from experience as yeah. well and you get to know she, like, she'll teach us this way but we'll be like, oh, but I used to do this and this how I liked it. And I'm like, yeah. oh, that's cool. Like, I think it's cool, like, for us as well, like, knowing that she was, a like, mid-quarters and yeah. our wing defence, like... We can really tap into her yeah. knowledge as Which well. Which is like being a wing defence. It's so rare you actually get training to be a wing defence. Like you've just got to slot in. Like yeah. we, I, I find we're either working with the defenders how to help them out on the circle or you're doing centre pass defence with the centre. There's no real wing defence work around the circle or yeah. how to stop them, I guess, getting the pocket balls or anything like that. So yeah. good luck, Richard, trying to teach us and be <laughs> in at you for sure. Um, your last U21s, yeah. um, talk about it. We've talked about it before and you're happy to talk about it here. Yeah. Your dad um, unfortunately passed away yeah. during nationals and you didn't know. Um, yeah. How was that? Because that would have been obviously a big, massive moment in your life. I can't even I, – I, I feel for you because I can't even put myself in your shoes. I wouldn't even know what it's like, one, to lose a dad. But I guess when you're playing nationals, you're in your happy place – your, your family are there. They know you love it. This is a, a chance to go forward. Yeah. But the biggest thing in your life's happened. Yeah. I, it, looking back on it now, I can see absolutely why my family decided not to tell me. Um, at the time, I was feeling very upset and frustrated mm. and a bit hurt. And my family was actually up in Queensland. Um, so my mum and my younger brother with my dad's mum. So they were all staying together. So, I mean, it was sort of lucky in that sense that they were all together, but I was mm. feeling a bit crappy that my sister was back in Victoria. She was just about to start uni um, when she got when she got told. So I felt a bit, um, just a bit helpless, like that she had known and no one could tell me because they didn't want me to sort of stop playing netball and um, obviously wanted me to enjoy my last nationals as well. Um, it was a couple of days before the finals. So yeah. they just obviously wanted to let me enjoy that. But when I found out, I was like, my sister was at home by herself and I felt a bit helpless in that in that case. Um, yeah, it was definitely challenging once I found out for sure. Yeah, and like, like for your mum and your nan, like it's your... your um it's your dad's mum as yeah. well up there. Like it's such a massive call because it would just be so hard for, I guess, them to yeah. – um, how do they feel emotionally? But then now being a parent, I probably – if you told me this before, Mel, I probably would have been like, I can't believe they didn't tell you. Now being a parent, I'm like, I 100% know where they're from because once you know, you're always going to know. Where yeah. it's like, it's two more days. What's two more days yeah. going to be? Like, but it's, yeah, such a hard decision. Yeah. Um, afterwards, you talk, you told me about how you really got into netball. Netball kind of became this thing that you just did. Yeah. Um, was that like a safe spot or was it just 
think just something to do like I think it was a it sort of became both. Um, obviously, netball's a super supportive environment. Um, your teammates are some of your best friends a lot of the time. Um, and it was also just an outlet. So mm. sitting at home, I sort of might don't listen. But my, like at uni, I just didn't like, I sort of checked out a little bit. I did the bare minimum, um, which, you know, on reflection, it got me by, but isn't the best thing to do. Um, but I just sort of focused on netball as an outlet to get out of the house and to have something to do because I was mm-hmm. feeling a bit just like upset and a bit disjointed and not sort of knowing how to feel. Um, but also having that bit of that bit of guilt around dad's death as well, um, and just not knowing sort of you know was there something that we like we could have done. Um, so just trying to distract myself from that as well. Yeah, and it's like selfishly for us i'm so glad you put yourself into netball because we get to have you as a teammate get to play alongside you you're you're an absolute gun on court but we're lucky you went that way because it would have been so easy to hate netball because of it like because you're away and you talked about feeling guilty because your sister was by herself so yeah i'm so glad that you are playing netball but yeah is it something you think about when you play like like uh you think about your dad or um i think that a lot of the time like as time goes on it's easier to like you you go back to living your day-to-day life yeah um obviously you never forget your parents and i'm never going to forget my dad and who he was as a person um but i just think sometimes like it's little things like my first ssn game or the dress presentation or um just little like making a team and stuff like that like i think that I think about it sometimes and go, it would have been so cool for dad to be able to see that. Um, That being said, I've got a super supportive family um, that come to games and grandma and... Your mum's beautiful. I love your mum. She's always there. Your sister's amazing as well. Yeah. So like, I'm lucky in that sense, but I do sometimes reflect and go like, how cool would it have been for dad to see that? Um, But, you know, I just always sort of think as well, like... He's seeing, like, oh, mate, he's, he's watching, watching every game. Like, he's jumping every jump he's you do. There. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then you you talk about your first SSN game. Yeah. So, um, which is cool. When I was um, getting selected, there was no training partners or anything like yeah. that. It was just you either made it or you didn't. You, when Collingwood um, obviously bought the license to have a team, the second year was your first year getting training partner. Yeah. How was that? Because you were, how old were you being? 20? I would have been 22. Three, uh, 23, 22. Yeah. I don't even know. Yeah. And how was that? Because like... 23. 23, yeah. So um, yeah. people wouldn't know this, which is a good thing. So when you are a training partner, you get $2,000. Is that what it is? Yeah. Uh, something, yeah. Very, yeah so something I'm, about that. I think it might have changed now, yeah, but a like, little I think bit the more first now. or yeah. second year was $2,000 for the whole year. Yeah. Um, and you're expected to train with us, not every session, but a fair few sessions. Yeah. And then obviously you get the opportunity if you want. Like these are compulsory sessions, but these are – if you want to come, you come. And every athlete knows if you get told it's not compulsory, but if you want to come, come, you still go. Um, <laughs> and you were at all of them. Yeah. Um, the first year you guys um, – you won, which was great. Um, but you yeah. – what I loved about your team, you had this culture, which yeah. – our SSN team didn't have. And I remember looking back at your A&L side and which where all the training partners go to. And it was just this good vibe. And for me, looking back, I talk about the money side because I'm like, you guys are just doing it because you love it. Yeah. There's no money saying, oh, the, I'm training because I'm getting an extra $1,000 here, an extra $500 here. 
you all just did it because you loved it. Yeah. And I think, yeah, looking back, I'm like, oh, I just wanted to play with you guys so bad, which is so bad because <laughs> like SSN is obviously where you want to go. But yeah. how was it being in that in that side? Because you were, were you one of the captains. Nah, that year Cody was the captain. Um, yeah. So Kelsey, Rainbow and I were captains the, the second the yeah. second year. Um, but yeah, that was a um, that was an awesome team. Um, yeah. I think one of my favourite netball memories, if not my favourite. Um, interesting environment in the sense that we obviously were Tasmanian magpies. So half of our team was um, from Melbourne and were the training partners for Collingwood, but the other half were Tasmanian based. Um, and Kate was the head coach, which yeah, she's who's unreal. currently our assistant coach. Yeah, um, and she was unreal. And then Claire was the assistant coach um, and she was based in Tassie with the Tassie girls. So the fact that we had very minimal time training together um, in the lead up, we had a camp, we had a couple of practice matches, a um, couple of training sessions, and then it was you're expected to play together. Um, I think that Kate and Claire both did an outstanding job of actually mm. fostering that really safe environment um, and that supportive environment where we just knew what our role was. We knew what we had to do, um, which is incredibly hard to do just with one team in one state and all training together, let alone when you've got two different groups training together. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, definitely one of my favourite netball memories being a part of that team. Yeah, well, hopefully we can make better memories this year. <laughs> <laughs> so 2019, you've, you've been a training partner. You go into 2019, um, you decide... And, and I'm going to go back just a little bit, sorry. Um, you're, you you talked about uni before. Yeah. And you're a teacher. Yeah. So you, you've got your degree. You're a full-time teacher. Yeah. Um, you can earn a living. You can move out of home if you want because you're actually getting paid decent yeah. amounts. But you decide 2019, nah, this is the, I'm going to, I'm not going to work and I'm just going to focus solely on netball because I want to play SSN. Yeah. Where, how did that come along? Because that's massive. Like yep. I talk about the $2,000 before. So you're getting paid $2,000 a yep. year and that's it. <laughs> like yep. it's massive. Yeah. So I quit my contract at school, um, my school down in Geelong, um, who were super supportive. They were yeah. unreal. Um, but just decided that if I was going to give this a red hot crack, um, I needed to do it. Um, I never, ever, ever thought I'd be considered for it team like a spot in a team let alone as a training partner so when I did get that opportunity um because I'd been out of the system I hadn't played ANL for a couple of years I just was playing VNL and working and playing state league I was like I've, I've got to give this a crack and I'll regret it if I don't mm-hmm. um it was tough like like you said giving up a full-time salary and a wage and a career um to have a crack at netball which isn't guaranteed um and not knowing what was going to come of it um but yeah probably the best thing that i did yeah super hard though super hard super hard well the two thousand dollars you live in werribee wouldn't have even covered f- fuel for like the whole year yeah so i'm in between werribee and geelong so yeah. oh you some, can pass that there you go some geelong and <laughs> getting up at quarter to five four forty in the morning and traveling down to melbourne for training yeah um but yeah no it does not cover fuel <laughs> at all but like one of the best decisions, obviously. Like yeah. you now contracted with SSN. Um, even in 2019, I'm pretty sure you got opportunities to play through injuries. Yeah. So my first crack came when you were playing footy um, in the Team Girls Cup, um, yeah. and I flew up. It was a very last minute sort of decision, as um, Shiny 
Liam had hurt her knee and I got told the day before that I was travelling. Yeah. Um, and then you obviously played a game and got sent off back to footy the, ne- <laughs> the next couple of days. Um, and that was super, um, super rewarding. Um, played a lot of wing defence, which I didn't think that I'd... Um, I thought I was just there to sort of watch and yeah. learn and be a part of it. Um, but, yeah, ended up playing most of the game in that final that we won. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, then Tilly hurt her ankle foot ankle um so I played the first couple of games of the season with you guys and then um towards the end it was a year that the world cup was there so they added a couple of extra players for a couple of rounds so I got called in for that and then um Kels unfortunately did her knee as well so I got called in again so I spent more time in the team than not that year yeah um which yeah was rewarding I suppose knowing that I'd given up yeah my job and not really knowing what was going to come of it and unfortunately you know when girls do get injured it it is an opportunity it's unfortunate it comes through injury um but yeah no I was very grateful that um I got the opportunity to play out yeah and I think like you obviously say it's unfortunate that people get injured but that's I guess where you see other people stand up you look at the hub this year with having extra plays and seeing all these young kids pop up like because we have such limited spots in Mm. our league you forget how much talent we have in Australia. And I think um, obviously you weren't contracted, but yeah. you were pretty much with us yeah. all year. Like I felt like you're a contracted player and you talk about, like I think people are like, oh, is it hard work or is it being in the right place at the right time? If you didn't put the hard work in, you wouldn't have had that opportunity. Yeah. So I think both of them. It's got to be a combination, time. yeah. I think yeah. if you don't work hard, you're not going to be in the right place. Or if you are in the right place and you haven't worked hard, you're going to get, found out eventually yeah. so 100%. it's got to be a combination it's of both 100 percent. yeah you did mention that um you found out the day before you were going up to brisbane for our um what was it called teen girls the cup teen for girls, your first yeah. time which reminded me that you hate flying <laughs> <laughs> terrified um terrified. you're someone you had you flown before yeah flown before um can remember going up to Queensland um, when we were younger and mum having to push me on the plane and yeah. I was hysterical. I'm not yeah. a crier, um, but I was... People, like, and I'm saying, when Mel says she's not a crier, she is not a crier. <laughs> like, we could watch the saddest movie and Mel is just, like, straight face where <laughs> I'll be, like, a blubbering mess. <laughs> but you, on the flight, you turn into me watching a sad movie. Yeah, I'm hysterical. And you even getting on the flight is yeah. hard enough. <laughs> yeah, so it, it's hard. Um, what is it? What do you reckon it is? Oh, God. I just feel like the pain, like, no, like <laughs> you can't even talk, talk about, about it. it. I just, I've You're just got red, a fear. No, I just, it is so irrational, but I'm like, if this plane crashes, I'm going to die. And that's all I can think about. Yeah. So I try not to think about it, which is totally outrageous. How many planes crash? It's, it's not a thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, terrified. And you would remember going to New Zealand. So the big planes are hard. Yeah. And then we went to New Zealand for um, the Super Club. Yeah. Which was so, like, that, we won that too. That was so cool. Yeah. Um, We're really good at um, <laughs> really pre-season. Good at pre-season. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, got off the plane to New First time going overseas. I was, I cried the night before because I was scared. <laughs> um, got over the flight to Auckland and... Um, we had to get a connecting flight to Nelson and we walked onto the tarmac and they don't even have airport security. So I'm like, oh my gosh, there's going to be like crazy people on this plane. And it's like a little helicopter propeller plane. Yeah. Hysterical. There's only crying. like one person on each side. Like <laughs> I was terrified and I could just remember our physio just like. Pretty much just the teams on the flight. That's how small <laughs> this plane is. 
it was um I was, I'm not getting on I'm not playing I'm not going get me back to Melbourne um I'm staying in Auckland. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was definitely um, I definitely had to grow out of my fear of flying. I was about to say, do you reckon it's you getting better, or is it just it will always be there? I'm getting better. Um, I think if I had to get on a little plane again, I'd still be terrified. But Kelsey can testify to this. On the weekend, I was squeezing her. She had me both ways to Tassie, there and back, and I was squeezing her hand that hard that at one stage she like had to like shake her hand because yeah. I'd squeeze I'd squeezed it that hard. She'd lost a little bit of circulation, but um, I'm getting better. I don't. <laughs> I'm not as emotional, uh, but I yeah don't like it. It's not my favourite thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's something you're going to have to get used to. Um, but in saying that, you got contracted in 2020. Yeah. And I guess one thing that helped about not flying is that we were in a hub. So you didn't Great. have to fly. Didn't have one <laughs> so flight. you probably loved the hub. Yeah. Um, did love the hub. We <laughs> didn't love the hub. <laughs> <laughs> did love it. Did Loved it um, for netball. Didn't love the flight to Townsville. That was a chartered flight. Wasn't yeah. a fan. <laughs> but no, definitely didn't have to fly as much, um, which is a big tick. But the hubs, um, yeah, definitely a very different environment to what we originally signed up for for 2020. That's for sure. And tell me about it because I obviously didn't go. Mm. Um, and being locked down in Melbourne, I obviously saw everything like you guys need to be grateful you're not stuck in Melbourne. We can't leave our house. You guys are still able to get out. Yeah. Um, but that was my point of view. Um, obviously, I wasn't there, so I never experienced it. Yep. But it just would have been as hard because you're obviously away from home for however mm. many weeks. You don't know what's happening week to week. Um, different to the AFL. Yep. The AFL had all their family up there. They were in a resort. Um, it just looked a lot nicer. Um, tell me about it. Because, I, yeah, I, there's, I reckon there's so many people that want to hear the netball side of it. I think a lot of people don't even realise that the netball was up there. Yeah, so as you said, very different um, to the football um, environment. Um, we went up there a similar time. We were we did run into a lot of the footballers up there, but, um, yeah, none of our family um, were up there. Um, had to cook our own, like, look after ourselves, essentially. Um, it was basically like living at home but away from home, so yeah. didn't, didn't have food cooked for us or anything like that, which is, like, we were all okay with. But yeah, it's um, kind of a nice thing because at least you have a bit of normality. Yes, absolutely. And I think speaking to some of the footballers, some of them didn't like that they, they were more in hotel rooms rather than we sort of had apartments essentially so we had our own sort of bathroom and living like living areas and stuff and um I think that yeah the hubs um it was just intense like you know even compared to the football they were playing a game a week obviously they had that little section where they played a few more but there were some days where we were playing or some weeks where we played three games in a seven day period so it's that back to back that turnover um that quick turnaround and not really having the opportunity to work on much Um, which is huge for our team because we had like I obviously did my ACL Maddie and Kelsey both hurt themselves pretty early on yeah like with their knees coming back from ACL you had the year before so we lost April pregnancy we lost Ravi pregnancy and Nat was pregnant pregnant as well so yeah we i remember thinking like in the final against the vixens the year before there was only two players from the starting seven on in the team yeah like which is crazy yeah but like pretty cool that we had all the girls being able to have their babies um but you would think for us the biggest thing for us isn't the game day it's actually getting training in so what was it like because you you obviously going to training going into games 
did you have to become more vocal or like how were you trying to teach the girls? You obviously had never played with Jody before. Yeah. Um, you you had cemented your spot in wing defence. That was your spot. So you one, you've come from your first contracted year. You're now in the seven, and now you're the voice of our team, yep. trying to tell the wing defence and centre who was Molly, who was also new, yeah, how to play. I think that um yeah, it's definitely hard because we we clearly didn't have a very successful year in terms of our results. Um, and we probably w- really would have benefited from that training, and just not being able to do that was challenging because it's like we know where we need to work on things um, but we just didn't really have the chance our chance to practice it was in the game um, which doesn't always necessarily work um, with the such high caliber of competition Mm. Um, but yeah I think that the biggest thing was for us as a team is just making sure that we're still sticking together I think in those environments it can be quite challenging when you're you're being challenged and you're not having the results go your way and you're being um, you know people are talking about you on social media and saying you know the team's no good and this needs to change and that needs to change and it's just about zoning in on where we needed to focus and making sure that we were supporting each other um and backing each other in yeah did you get like you talk about people talking about us on social media Mm. obviously we didn't win a game um in 2020 we'll close one Oh, we won one. There you go. I'm such a bad teammate. <laughs> we won one. <laughs> I was cutting it up. I should know that, but I, I, t- I clearly messed that one up. Well, winning one game. Yeah. Um, how, did you have time to switch off? Because I know, like, if I'm in that environment, I would actually struggle to switch off. I'm someone that I can't be netball 100%. Yeah. Like, I need, as soon as I leave this building... I'm no longer thinking about netball. Yeah. But you were constantly like, I guess you leave the court, you'd think you'd stop. But now I'm in my house living with a teammate. Yeah. So even if I'm trying to switch off, that person's not or vice versa. Yeah. It'd be a struggle. You obviously roomed with Molly. Yeah. How Poor did Molly. that go? <laughs> <Nah>. Poor Molly. <laughs> no, nah, Molly and I got along well, which was um, really nice. As I said, I've known Molly for a while as well. So it was nice to actually get to know her. <laughs> we're living together. So yeah. know her um, much, much closer. But I think that, um, you know, we had days where it was a rest day or an off day throughout the hub. But when we got home to Melbourne, I was like, that was not an, a rest day. That was not a day off netball because you were still, um, even though that we didn't have anything scheduled around netball, mm-hmm. you were in that environment. So you were around netball people. So you'd quite often go back to netball talk or um, be thinking about what you were having to do the next day because, oh, we've got one day off and now we're playing again. Yeah. Um, so it was very much con- like constantly a you were around netball um even though it wasn't intentional I think it just sort of fell into that but you know we tried to do um little things where we'd go down you know to a couple of suburbs over and go and get a coffee and sit on the beach for a little bit and not sort of distance ourselves from that like environment um obviously we're a close team we get along well but sometimes just being in the same building and being around each other all the time like you said it, you can't switch off yeah um yeah so that was definitely important for us to do that no nah. well you obviously killed it you are in my opinion you own the wing defense bib um, i'm super excited to get my knee right you got um to play with you you've been contracted for 2021 um i think yeah no like there's no i think you're a jet of a human, um, jet of a player, but I love your work ethic in the gym. You're, you're my gym buddy. You're my boxing buddy. If there's the partner passes, you and I always seem together. So I'm really hoping that our connection grows on court. Yeah. Um, hopefully it's center wing defense and we're not fighting <laughs> against each other to get the wing defense bib. But yeah. um, you're an awesome human and I really appreciate you sharing your story. Um, 
hopefully get more than one win this year. <laughs> um, but thank you so much for coming on Coffee with Braz. No, thanks for having me. You're absolute legend, mate. Cheers. <laughs>